Death Before Booze may discuss controversial or sensitive topics and is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to <laughs> Death Before Booze. Yay. Thanks for coming back. Wow. I'm Sam. Da, da, da. I'm Jen. Hi, Jen. Da, da, da. Hey, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week going, Jen? What's new? How's life? It's good and it's Christmas time. Christmas time. Oh. I should have wore my, yeah. my little sweater. Good thing we don't have the video working yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, when we had delusions of grandeur, we would figure it out. (laughs) We still have 12 episodes in. We'll get there. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's getting there. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to tell us a little bit of a folk story. Folk story for Christmas. So so I kind of go into the... The true crime stuff um, often, but I wanted to give us a little bit of a folk story because I haven't really heard this on a lot of podcasts and it's fun. So I'm going to tell us the story of Krampus. Krampus. Oh, my God. Did you ever watch that movie? There was a movie. Oh, yep. Oh, my God. The movie with the with the shaky thing with the snow globe. Right. Don't they live in the snow globe? Yeah. In 2015, I think. Yes. I saw that Um, one. Weird. I liked it. I actually am like going to tell people to go to the the YouTube page for this particular one of the scenes because it is really cute. It's like the cartoony. Remember when grandma was telling the origin story Mm -hmm. of Krampus? It's super cute. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a neat spin on Krampus. With her whole German. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of of, I'm probably going to butcher them, even though I'm part I'm half German. But, you know, I'm going to probably butcher a lot of this. But... It does come from Central and Eastern Alpine folktale. It happened at the end of the 16th century because they said there was really no recollection of any kind of Krampus-ish stuff going on prior to. Of course, we're going to get into how Christianity eventually comes into this and is like terrified of the idea because that's what it is. The name is thought to come from Barbarian, which is which Krampen means dead or rotten Ew. or crompen which is claw Ew. i don't like a comp compen yeah i don't like it what, like <laughs> does he have claws i like sort of even, like picture him right now i'm sure you put pictures well, on the blog but. i definitely did and i'm definitely <laughs> going to go through the appearance because it has similarities to the jersey devil because i feel like all of like the folklore thing have like the hooved feet and everything like that yeah that's this one fair. is kind of like yeah and this one's kind of like the the typical like devil type so i hate it um it's believed that krampus derives from a pagan supernatural being that was assimilated to a Christian devil. So again, there it is. There's there it the is. the idea of the good versus evil, and and we have him being the absolute evil. So. Thanks Christianity for taking yeah. over everything. <laughs> Wait, I mean, pay. so his appearance, he is hairy, and he could sometimes be black or brown, depending. Um, I guess he has the cloven hooves. He has horns of a goat. Oh my god! He has, yeah. Oh my god! He has a long, sorry, pointed tongue that like hangs out of his mouth, and he has fangs. Why did? Why can't he keep his tongue in his mouth? I don't know. I guess it's like I thought of it as like those dogs that like some, sometimes it's like so cute, but they have something wrong with their jaw. Their tongues are like. And it's so cute, but I'm like, this wouldn't be cute. But like, you know? I don't. Yeah, um, the, the horns really sold the not cute. For yeah, me. yeah, because it's well, the idea of it's like horns of a goat, and it's like the cloven feet, and you're like, okay, so it's basically like a reincarnation of the devil type of thing. The only thing it doesn't have is that little pointed tail that the typical devil has. So. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. And he's not red, apparently. Like, like he's not red. 
Like he's. But he can be brown like or a, black, so it really depends on how yeah. much sun he got that day. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, Absolutely. I it didn't say anything about claws, but I'm assuming like when you get like the the visual like I, I'm assuming claws because it makes it scary and that's the whole point is to yeah. be scary so he carries chains to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church oh, so again I thought it was because you know he was afraid his sled would get stuck in the snow and he would need some extra traction <laughs> he doesn't have a sled well, how the fuck does he get places that's Santa I don't know but he definitely doesn't use a sled he doesn't have a sled in the movie he, he had a he sled just walks. in the movie he had a sled did he have a sled I could be very wrong. I don't. I, I don't have remember, been wrong before. But I don't think that it, they didn't say anything about a sled. How does so, he get? Play? Does he go I, down the chimney? Does he just knock on the door and like? Kill I don't you? think so. Oh, I think he just walks boy. in. He just walks in. And he just does the walks in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the chains symbolize the the evil that he's constantly carrying. So like again, like the you know, oh, it's like Marley. Yeah, it's what I was gonna say. From, yeah, from Marley from the and Christmas. Marley. I love that version. It's that one, such and I a like the version. one with Kelsey Grammer. That's based off of the show that was in Madison Square Garden forever. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, so huh. it was on like Hallmark or some bullshit. But I watch that one every year. <laughs> um, sometimes the chains have bells, but I feel like it's not necessary. And a lot of the the pictures I saw. They don't. I guess it's more like to connect it to like the Christmas time type of thing. But like, you could have just gotten a sled. <laughs> exactly. You, you don't need the bells. Um, some versions have the bells, but I don't think chains make it's enough necessary. noise as it is. I don't really think you need exactly. Bells. Don't you want to kind of sneak up on these rotten little shit kids that you're like coming after? I don't know if it's a sneaking thing because I don't. I mean, I don't know how. Again, like he approaches. I think he's just kind of like you've been a shithole all year. So here we go. Okay. Like, jump in the sack. Let's go. Jump in the sack. <laughs> um, in the pagan version, he carries root, which is just a bundle of birch branches, and like as he's walking, he'll like just hit kids with the birch branches. I love that visual. I am just picturing Dwight Schrute <laughs> when he comes in dressed like that thing and he starts whipping people with reeds. <laughs> I don't remember who he was, but he came in and he oh started whacking God. people with reeds. It was the best episode. That's that's literally what I'm picturing is just him being like, fuck you. And fuck yes. Yes. <laughs> um, sometimes it can be interpreted as a whip, but like, I again, it it depends i really think it's more of the branch thing like sells it a little bit more because he's just like <laughs> well while he's walking through um, the woods with his chains with bells yeah. and no sled because you know he didn't think about transportation beforehand I he's mean, just, he just likes walking yeah yeah i mean it's good That's for true. your ass walking and like lifts it up you know but there's a hill <laughs> good for him i mean he's got a lot of hills he's gotta carry so, all those fucking kids i mean yeah gotta stay in shape because he he does have a sack or a basket on his back. Um, and this is where he will transport, like, he'll put the bad kids. And he will either put them in there to eat them later, to drown them, or to transport them to hell. It kind of, again, depends on your, you know, roulette of choice. <laughs> like, okay, wait. We have, to, we have to dive into this one a little bit more. So we can either <laughs> be drowned. What was the first one? Mm-hmm. He can eat them. So I can get eaten, mm-hmm. I can be drowned, or I can go right to hell. Do not pass go. Do not yes. collect $200. So if I go right to hell, am I still alive, or do I die on my way to hell? That's a good question, because I didn't really think about that. Because if you think but about I'm assuming... it, each of those would probably get me to hell in one way or another. But if I go right to hell, yeah. am I like Dante? Like, are we playing Inferno over here? Like, I love it. We're, we're just taking the, the guide. Virgil's guiding us through the decks. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, really I don't know. I've seen a lot of uh, Christmas Carol in this because that could be the start yes. of your, you know, three ghosts. I don't know. Um, it There are a lot of parallels, though, like between that and the Christmas Carol. So that's fair. And Die Hard. Um, yeah. And die hard. That is true. Definitely that die is hard. true. I mean, the symbolism is uncanny with Die Hard. <laughs> So, um, 
the legend goes December 6th is the feast day of St. Nicholas in Europe. So it's not the 25th like it is here. So Santa wears an Eastern Rite vestments of a bishop. So if you look at like the um, the bishops and how they wear the, you know, the roby things. Thanks, Christian. Um, and he has and he has a gold staff. So this is how St. Nicholas is, is the good. Now, Santa brings all of the good kids oranges dried fruit walnuts chocolate all the things that they, it's very difficult to find during that time now december 5th is krampus night or krampus knocked yes and this is where he visits homes and businesses sometimes saint nicholas goes with him like the two of them are together um but december 5th the night before saint nicholas feast day is krampus night so that's his day. But sometimes St. Nicholas is like, all right, I'll accompany you. I don't know why, but it's I guess it's to see that symbolism of good versus evil. Got it. Um, for the badly behaved kids, oh, me. they will, again, either receive a birch rod as a punishment. So they'll get kind of like hit with it Ow. or they are taken away in his basket. Like, so it's it's kind of a toss up, whatever. Okay, so if I'm how only kind of bad, I'll get my ass kicked. You'll get, yeah, if you'll I'm get whipped with the birch rods. I'm going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, a and I, it, literally in his backpack basket. With the kids got it, with the, the back. Yeah. Oh, my God. So in Alpine, Austria, and Germany, adults dress up as Krampus on Krampus night to scare kids fuck so it off yeah fuck off. right isn't it funny it's kind of like the mischief night for halloween but it's like krampus night oh and then they walk. <laughs> all i'm picturing is did you see that thing where so they were having like a christmas party in somebody's basement and then somebody dressed up like the grinch and came in and scared the shit out of all the kids and the kids are like hiding <laughs> under tables do you remember this do you remember this <laughs> I don't. Oh my I god! I have to find it and I'll put it up on Instagram or something. But oh my god, yeah, some guy oh came god. down like pretending to be Santa, like oh hey, I'm Santa. Of course. And then like thirty seconds later, down comes somebody like the Grinch, who's like stealing everything and taking it. And the kids are screaming and crying and hiding, and the parents are laughing oh. hysterically. I think somebody dropped their wine. It was so funny. I have to find this for you on Sunday. I, I feel like. That would be me. I'd be the parent who's like, this is great. Yeah, your kid's hysterical and you're just laughing. Like, that's funny. Well, they actually sell um, because they know they do the elf on a shelf, which everybody freaking has. But they have Krampus on a shelf so you can get a Krampus doll. And I was like, see, I would be that parent. I'd be like, look, Krampus, and if you're a piece of shit, like he's going to take you. Um, Basically, you're teaching your kids how to be a rat. Like, I hate. I hate the elf. I bought Ken the elf on the shelf to like be stupid. So we have a girl and a boy elf on the shelf and I just make them do terrible <laughs> things all season. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Why not? Oh my God. Some people have an advent calendar. So in 1932 in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited under clerical fascist fatherland front and the Christian social party. Thanks, Christianity. Because it was, yeah, again, too it pagan was demonic for yeah. and it was too, mm-hmm. In 1950, the government distributed Krampus is an evil man pamphlets for fear encounters with Krampus would damage children's mental health. Well, if you give it all away in the title, I don't have to read the whole pamphlet. Like, you can't give the whole story away. He's evil. Krampus is evil. All right. So what do I do with the rest of this paper? (laughs) But it's like the ghost stories. Like. We grew up totally fine, and we were like half the shit that we watched. We were, I was like, this is why did our parents okay this? I remember watching Chucky at like a ridiculously yeah. young age. My girlfriend Amanda watched Chucky at a ridiculously young age, and she was like so obsessed. I think to this day she still is. Amanda, tell me, but <laughs> she like. Oh my, she would watch it, but she would just cover her eyes for the bad parts because she loved Chucky so much. Chucky was like her friend, like her it's good guy so, doll. That's so funny. Yeah, because that's like. One of our other friends had the Chucky doll. We hid it in her closet because we were watching Selena and we were getting scared. <laughs> we had to hide the Chucky doll. I think her brother or her mom was trying to scare us. <laughs> oh my God. And Amanda's like, like Chucky. <sighs> I love it. After the possibly 
damaging children with mental health. Lots of places have Krampus celebrations. There's also Campus Loft, which is cramp. Sorry, Krampus Loft, which is a yearly run where men get drunk, they dress as Krampus, and then they just run through the streets. So it's kind of like a 5K. Let's go. But I can get yeah, right. Like it's so there is a YouTube um, video that I watched, and it's just called. Krampus Run Munich 2019. It's it's wild. It's wild. It like you just like watch it like these. It's it's great. And everybody has a different like rendition of what he should look like. So everybody has these different masks and they go all out. And again, you just you get drunk, you run through. It's like it's it's a 5k, but it's actually a, a fun thing and not like a, a fun run. One better way to like... run than drunk. Exactly. And want. as Krampus. Yeah. So stay nice and warm. So, absolutely according to the smithsonian magazine quote krampus is the yin to saint nicholas's yang you have the saint and you have the devil which again there's always the good versus evil so that always makes sense and i wanted to put in this part from the krampus movie because i thought it was a really cute scene if you don't watch the krampus 2015 movie it was it was fine like i liked it i liked it um but there is that scene where grandma, who is from Germany, and she goes into the origin. And it's a really cool cartoon retelling. So the origin of him came when people during in her village gave up on the Christmas spirit. They didn't have any hope anymore. And they lost their giving spirit and their ability. So she, after trying to get her family to remember what it's all about, like what the you know, what the holiday is all about, what the season's all about. She gave up. And according to the tale, she wished for her family to go away. And because of this, Krampus came that night and he killed and took her family, but he left her (gasps) as kind of like a, you know, reminder. Now, again, this is just the movie version of it. I don't think it's like a, but it's, but I, I thought it was really interesting how that origin because the origin is like krampus comes for the bad kids saint nicholas comes for the good kids but in this case like he heard her say i just want everybody to go away because she just she lost hope and then he's like i'll take everybody from you and you're gonna stay so she had like a traumatic it's even worse thing yeah so so that's that's our that's our guy krampus it's a very cool folklore and yeah, it's just like, it's one of those things where you're like, everybody knows Krampus. Everybody knows Krampus. he comes for the bad kids. Yeah. But, Hit yeah. you with a stick. Oh, but I, I love that. I love that. Like, he just is like, bah, bah, bah. like yeah, it's as he walks. That's so good. So yeah, that's the, the short folklore of Krampus for holidays. And just make sure that you are not bad because then Krampus is, well, although this is past Krampus night. So I think you're in the clear at this point. Oh, so you're good. Be bad as you want until next year. Exactly. Because December 5th is when his night is. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We had a lot of fun with Krampus. Unfortunately. (laughs) We're going to bring it down. We're going to bring it way the fuck down. (laughs) This does not end well. Um, Like not even a little bit. So I am covering the very sad murder of Christy Bamu. Um, This happened in London. So in, you know, jolly old London. You sound like you're from London. Okay, I have to get my jokes out now because it's going to be really hard to laugh. It's going to be hard to. Like, we have to. All right. So the beginning's a little weird. I'm got- There's a lot of people in this story. It's all like one family, but it's like a big family. So there's a lot of names. So I want to kind of explain the players and then we'll get into what happens. So first, we're going to talk about Magali Bamu. So this is Christy Bamu's older sister. She's the oldest of, I think, five kids, six kids. I have that written down later on. Um, But she was born in Zaire, February 21st in 1983. Um, Zaire is formerly the Democratic Republic of the Congo. After she was born, her parents moved to Paris. Her father, Pierre, opened a carpentry business. He designed and manufactured furniture. And her mom, Jacqueline, was a... I love love that name, Jacqueline. 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 It's so French. It's very French. It's so French. (laughs) It's very French. So Jacqueline was a stay-at-home mom. And when Magalie was 13, her parents moved her... 
back. Oh, her parents were moving back to Zaire. So they left Magali with a cousin, Phoebe, and her family. And she lived with them. Okay. And that's when she moved to London. The parents went back to Zaire. And Phoebe treated Magali like really not great. Like kind of used her as a slave, you know, make sure my house is clean, cook, do all the things I don't want to do. Like that time of thing. One night, you know, Magalie's grown up. She's in her 20s. And she meets Eric Bakubi through a mutual friend at like a party. And they hit it off instantly. Now, who's Eric Bakubi? He is a football coach, which means he coaches soccer. Not soccer. That's soccer because, mm-hmm. you know, we're in the UK. <laughs> um, he was also born in the Democratic Republic of the Congo in 1983. His mother, really? yeah, his mother died during childbirth, unfortunately. So he was raised by his father and his father was super, extremely spiritual. Um, dare even say it religious, but it's kind of not. So he taught Eric okay. all about a very specific type of witchcraft called Kindoki. K-I-N-D-O-K-I, Kindoki. So now, okay. according to Wikipedia, Kindoki is thought by its believers to be a kind of witchcraft or possession by evil spirits in the democratic Republic of the Congo among the Congolese immigrants in Europe. This belief is responsible for acts of child abandonment and ritual abuse of adults and children who were thought to have fallen victim to Kondoki children who are perceived perceived to be possessed by Kondoki are subjected to exorcisms that include beating starvations and submersion in water and simple things that children like regularly do are viewed as indications of kindoki. So like bedwetting, wetting your pants, biting your nails, stealing pencils, stealing little things. So like normal shit that kids do every day, automatically you're possessed. You have witchcraft. You're doing bad things. And now you have to get it beat out of you. Yes. That's ridiculous. Or, or yeah, you have to get it beat out of you or washed out of you you need to be ritually cleansed we'll get to it so he's in the congo and you know the civil war is starting to come it's the you know it's the early 90s the civil war is starting to like brew so eric goes with his uncle leaves the congo and they move to london so they put roots down in london which is where our girlfriend magali is um, and Eric's uncle continued the education about Kadoki. So this kid okay. grew up thinking that there are you know, evil spirits and witchcraft everywhere, all around him. And he has to be, like, you know, vigilant at all times so he doesn't get the Kadoki. Kadoki. Okay. okay. So now Eric and Magali are together. Um, throughout their relationship, Eric would always tell Magalie about, you know, in his childhood, he would see visions of rats that weren't there. And Magalie later said that as their relationship progressed, Eric became absolutely obsessed with sorcery and witchcraft and began having dreams of his brothers trying to kill him. Um, and then to rid himself of what he believed to be ir- evil spirits, he just kept moving around, like trying to outrun the spirits. So different apartments, he moved around a lot, but it didn't really work. So we started also consulting with Nigerian pastors as to how do I get rid of this witchcraft that's following me? It's sad. Like, you know, when you're brought up, it's like the super hyper vigilant Catholics who go to church like every day. Like, you know, demons are everywhere and, you know, they're just looking and waiting and waiting. It's fear. Yeah. It's the fear mongering and that's Ugh. So on top of all of this, Eric is beginning to, you know, become very controlling, verbally abusive, refuses to let Magalie wear makeup or see her friends anymore. Ew. He's just controlling. <laughs> but it, it's just an abusive relationship. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I bet it was like if I can get her to stop wearing makeup, I can get her to do whatever the hell I want. You know? Right. So that right, was right. like the big test. Okay, so now we're in early twenty ten. Eric and Magalie are still together. They're, you know, I don't know if you'd call it happy, but they're together. And yeah. Eric proposes. Magalie says, Yes, we're gonna go dress shopping. We're gonna have all the fun and the great oh, things. So Magalie's family. No. 
is so happy and excited. You know, they call Eric's son. They don't really realize how controlling he's being because, you know, at this point, the family lives in Paris. And the family has grown. I'm going to tell you all about the family. But the family lives in Paris and she lives in London by herself. Okay. Or not by herself with Eric, but you get what I'm saying. So. Yeah. So they're not close by. So they don't see. They don't see the day to day that's happening. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about the Bamboo family really quick. Uh, The mom, Jacqueline, the dad, Pierre. Then you have Magali, who's 28 at the time of all this. There's Eve's. who's 22 and on the autism spectrum. There's Kelly, who's between 19 and 20 when all this happens. She was born in the Congo. Christy, who is 15, he was born in Paris. And then there's a brother, another brother and a sister, but they're 13 and 11 respectively, and they were too young for their names to be released. So that's your family right now. Of course. So all five of her siblings... We're planning to travel from Paris to spend Christmas with Magali and Eric in London. Fancy. Yep. All the kids are super excited. They get there. And Kelly, so she's like the middle child. And we hear a lot of this from her perspective. Um, She said the first few days were fantastic. No notes. Everything was great. They were having a grand old time until we weren't. Until. Until we mm-hmm. weren't. Until we weren't. So... Eric and Magali start to accuse all five of the kids. And I'm just calling them kids. They're not like there are some older ones, but all five of the siblings, they're all being accused of being possessed with Kendoki. And other than Kelly and Magali, everybody else was raised in Paris. So they don't even understand. And then the other, the other older brother who is on the autism spectrum definitely doesn't get it. Like, it's just going over his head. Exactly. Of course it is. So all the littles are like, absolutely not. I don't even know what this is. I'm not that. And Kelly's trying to be like the middleman between the two sides and is like, all right, everybody calm down. Let's take a breath. But when they all denied, absolutely denied, no, we are not this, Eric got pissed. So this is when the torture began. So first... It was that they forced all the siblings to pray constantly. They were refused food and drink because, you know, they have to fast to get the kendoki out. And they started beating. Was this, this was Eric and her did it together? Yes. So Eric was the driving force of this, but he had manipulated and brainwashed Magali so bad that she was like she was in it to win it like she was all in too at one point eric forced the kids to jump out of a window to see if they could fly what the fuck yeah like yeah because if they flew then they would be it's kind of like the witch trials like you know if it you know floats if if she floats she's she's a witch If she drowns, if she drowns she's, she's not. She's a normal person. Yeah, so you're going to die Jesus either way, Christ. honey. Like, So, yeah, if you can fly out the window, <laughs> hell yeah, you're Kentucky and I'm going to kill you. Like, it was that type of thing. So Kelly says no matter what they said or how hard they begged, Eric was convinced the siblings had traveled from Paris to London not to spend the holidays with their sister, but specifically to kill him. Like, that's why they came from Paris it's not all about you. <laughs> the world doesn't revolve around you, Eric. Like, for real, though? No. So, eventually, after, you know, all of this torture and praying and fasting and craziness, Kelly and the younger sister confessed to being witches. Yep. Sorry. My of bad. Course. I'm a witch. Of course. To avoid being beaten. And it worked. You know, they were like, all right, because you confessed, you obviously don't have Kendoki anymore. You're fine. Oh, for God's sakes. It's like the fucking witch trials. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, that same night, after he was beaten, after he was forced to fast, after he prayed for hours, Christy wet himself. And yes, Christy is 15. He's under duress. He's suffering crazy trauma. When we say beating, we don't actually know where or how he was being beaten at that time um but you know he did wet himself and he tried to hide his pants and underwear somewhere in the kitchen so like he wouldn't get in trouble but eric found them 
And when he did, he forced all the kids to hold Christy down so he could beat him more severely and start the exorcism to get the Kendoki out of him. Eric decided when he found like the wet pants and underwear that this is the one that has the Kidoki. And he's the one who brought it into the home. So he's the one who now has to be completely exercised. So this doesn't happen anymore. Now, if he's the only one, does that mean that that's now the target? Like, it's not like it can like jump. He is that according to him? Acor- I think according mm-hmm. to him, that's how it is. Like, you know, the Kidoki kind of put up a shield around all of them. So you didn't know who had it. But okay. it's really in this kid. So he's got it. So he has at this point. All the other kids are still kind of getting hit, I guess. But all of the attention really does focus on Christy from here on out. And he forces the other siblings to To do it it too. Yeah. So they're forced to participate in all this. So Magali, while the other siblings are restraining Christy, and this is this happens over three and a half days. Two of his teeth were knocked out with a heavy metal bar and or hammer. Like they just whacked him in the face with it. Um, They smashed bathroom tiles and glass bottles on his back and on and on the back of his head. They hit his hands with hammers and or chisels. They use knives to make small cuts all over his body. And they use pliers to mutilate and tear his. And like I said, this when go ahead. I'm sorry. When does the exorcism end? Like when he when, when he dies? When the is that like what? Gone. But how do you know? You just you you've mutilated this poor child. Eric knows, like, I guess. I don't. I don't know. Oh, I, fuck Eric. Fuck Eric. <laughs> fuck Eric. Hey, um, I <laughs> hate <Fuck> him. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> fuck Eric. Fuck Eric. Fuck the patriarchy. I fucking hate him. All of this torture took place over like three and a half days, and they kept doing these things. So it wasn't like you know. One time he got hit with a metal bar. One time he got hit with a hammer. Like, this was all continuous. So it resulted in over 200 blows and 130 separate injuries to this poor kid. It's no wonder he didn't, like, die earlier, because I'm assuming yeah. he's going to die from the injuries. But Jesus Christ. On the fourth day of torture, and now this is December 24th, so we're at Christmas Eve. Christy started begging his sister, just kill me. Just end it. Let me die. I know. He's 15. 15. Jesus. So at this point, Eric had also started forcing the other siblings to clean up the blood and mess that was being created while they were torturing Christy. Of course, because why would he do it? Because he's a piece of shit. Absolutely. (laughs) So while this is going on, he's playing music so super super loud and screaming at the kids that they're not cleaning right so a neighbor actually calls police and files a noise complaint so there's a glimmer of hope here we're like ready to go unfortunately the complaint was never investigated or followed up on so these kids could have been saved if the cop had just come and been like hey turn the radio down don't they always just isn't that usually a thing whenever someone files a noise complaint they're like hey could you just like turn the music like it's how simple yep Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. Are they in a house or are they in an apartment? They're they're in an apartment. So it said flat. That's an apartment, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm but pretty sure. That's crazy that like no one else, it was just one neighbor, you know? Like I, at some point I'd be like oh, and I gotta tell you assume yeah. the kid's making noise, right? When he's getting hit. I would think so. I, I think you'd hear crying. I gotta tell you, when I lived in an apartment, I wouldn't call and say anything ever. Like ever. Even when the guy above me died and, like, he left. Yeah, the guy above me was in hospice and he died one night. So, like, the cops came and all this stuff. He was super old. Like, he was old, old, old. It was time for him to get. And he knew it. But he had a walker and he would, like, you could hear it, like, from my thing. And a couple of nights after he died, I started hearing the noises again. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) Don't like that. You're dead. You're not supposed to be up there making that noise. You're not supposed to be up there. Stop it. Oh, my God. I don't like it. 
I, you know what? I could see, I, I could see that though. Like if you live in, an, in a, like an apartment, you're like, all right. But, but if it's like, if if I feel like that scream is not just a kid, yeah. You know, like I, I feel like I'd be like, I'm a little, but it doesn't matter because she, she filed a complaint and it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, nobody so. look, checked in on her anyway. So, okay. So also that same day, Eric called Magalie's parents. So we're back with Pierre and Jacqueline, and he let them know Christie's possessed. If you don't come and get him, I'm killing him. Come come get your kid. I'm done. He's possessed. You need to fix it. What the? F- yeah. Like, what do you say to that? That's exactly what they did. They're like, like they get off the phone and they're like, the fuck? Like, what right. the fuck? Where and then it kind of clicked like, oh, shit. Like, he thinks this. So they he- started scrambling. So it's six hours from Paris to where these kids are. And it's Christmas Eve. They're not going to be able to get a train. They're not going to be able to get on a plane. So now they're trying to figure out how to get a rental car that they can take to London. So they're scrambling and they're trying to figure this out. It's already Christmas Eve. And he's called saying, I'm going to kill this kid if you don't come get him. Jesus Christ. So they are on the, they're on the road. They get their car. They're on the road. They're speeding as quickly as they can. And as that's happening, Eric and Magali force all five siblings into the tub and they start hosing them down with ice cold water. And now I'm not quite sure, because like I said, there are five siblings going from 22 down to 11. So these aren't like little kids. I'm not sure if they did one at a time or if they like forced them all in. It kind of read differently depending on the article. However, the main part of this is when Christy's in the tub for his ritual cleansing is what they're calling this. <sighs> Considering how weak and exhausted he was from three and a half days or four days of torture, he fell unconscious, slipped under the water that was like pooling and just, and just drowned. So and just gave up. Yeah, yeah. So he passed away due to his previous injuries and, you know, of drowning. course. And the drowning. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Now this happened and Magdalene and Eric kind of, completely switch gears so they see this happen they immediately call for paramedics and for medical assistance i know right so then they get the kid paramedics (laughs) bring him to the hospital and unfortunately he's pronounced dead on arrival yeah absolutely well yeah because especially if he's drowned already and you haven't done any cpr or anything like that so eric and magalie that's interesting like did they not see the other kids in their condition or i guess they weren't wor- i mean they weren't worried about that yeah you gotta they were worried about him yeah yeah, yeah. that's that makes sense so eric and magali were immediately arrested and charged with murder and two counts of bodily harm each so now we're at the trial so both eric and magali tried to plead i think this is not guilt supposed to be not guilty to actual bodily harm on the ground of diminished responsibility caused by brain damage I'll, I'll give you brain damage. Like, that's fucking <laughs> I'll show you brain damage. I'll show you what that is. Um, well, the courts rejected and the case went to trial. Thank God. So that was yeah. an eight week long trial. The jury consisted of seven women and five men. And the judge actually said because of the gruesome nature of this trial, the jurors in this case never ever have to serve on another jury if they do not choose to so they can get called in for jury duty and be like nah man i gotta pass and they never have to serve again that's how bad this case was in the uk yeah holy shit so eric's defense team claimed that he had a brain injury in Uh conjunction Mm -hmm. with his upbringing and schizophrenia Mm -hmm. or a type of schizophrenia meant he could not be held responsible for his actions I, I I hate it. I hate it. What, like, were, where did the schizophrenia come in? I don't like, where know. did that come in? Like, I really like, thought I would find more about that side of it. Like, there would be more of a study into upbringing nature versus nurture. Like, I really thought that this would bring up the nature versus nurture of a situation. And there right. really and then- wasn't a lot more that I could. I started, you know, when you start just seeing the same exact copy Put in different yeah. ways. Like, that's mm-hmm. where I was at by page three of Google. I was like, all right, I'm not finding anymore. So I don't know where the schizophrenia came in. I don't know where the head injury came in. I mean, it definitely could be from <laughs> soccer. 
I mean, I had a really bad concussion from soccer, so I, I think it could have been that, but there's no definitive, hey, he hit his head on this day at this age anywhere. Right. Yeah. Magalie's defense said she was manipulated by Eric and she didn't even believe in witchcraft. I hate her. Well. I hate them both. Well, well, the thing is, th- that I can almost see as being a viable defense because, like, they could say, well, she was in an abusive relationship. He manipulated her. It's that whole thing. But, like, at the same time, you knew what you were doing to your siblings. Yeah. So. To your siblings. Kelly like, actually testifies against her sister. And this. Good. She did not hold back. She came with good. receipts. She made sure to emphasize her sister's lack of remorse while her siblings were begging her to stop beating and torturing them. This is a quote. It was as if they were obsessed by witchcraft. Christie's sister, Kelly, later testified, according to The Guardian. They decided we had come there to kill them. Christie asked for forgiveness. He asked again and again. Magalie did absolutely nothing. She didn't give a damn. She said we deserved it. She Jesus continued. Christ. How old is Kelly? Sorry. Kelly, her- at this time, as she's testifying, was 21. Because she was, like, on the okay, cusp so she was between like 19 and 20. Yeah. Well, it's, remember, it's Magalie. Then it's Ives, who's 22, but he's on the spectrum. And then it's Kelly. So Kelly's the oh, one okay. who's, yeah. you know, testifying and tried. The one who- she was the middleman between the olders and the littles. And she was trying to keep the peace and... It was just a mess. Right. Um, she continued angrily. He, meaning Eric, began to hit Christy while my sister was watching and didn't do anything. I begged him. We didn't do anything. We are innocent. She didn't argue at all. It was as if this was completely normal. She was just sitting there as a spectator. He hit and hit Christy. He was not feeling well, meaning Christy was not feeling well. Yeah. He was having trouble breathing and fell over. As far as Eric and Magalie were concerned... That was the Kindoki coming out of him. Another, an old friend, Naomi Alonga, nailed it, testified that when she stayed with, or they stayed with, when she stayed with Eric and Magalie for three days in 2008, the couple accused her of witchcraft because she bit her nails. Eric would not allow <laughs> Naomi to eat or drink. Was She was forced to pray with Eric and Magalie for hours on end, they forcibly cut her long hair. So her hair went down to like the middle of her back and like took her hair and just cut it like really, really short. Cause that was going to help the Kindoki be released from her body. So Naomi called her mom and was like, bitch, get me the fuck out of here. And her mom came and picked her up. So unfortunately, like Naomi got away, which is great. But Eric got... But she didn't say anything. Not even that. Eric got pissed at Magalie because she let Naomi get away because it was her friend. So she let the Kindoki get away so it can keep multiplying and coming after Eric. So this is all Magalie's <laughs> fault now. So Magalie got her ass kicked. He yeah. He threw food on the floor and forced her to eat it off the floor. And then he gave her like a black guy. So Magalie ran. She actually went to, like, a women's shelter and hid for a while. Yeah. Three months later, though, Magalie and Eric get back together. You know, they buy their flat or they rent their flat. They move into the apartment in East London. And then Eric proposes. So uh, it's that vicious cycle. I mean, it's just starting. What does it take? Nine times or something like that for somebody to get out of an abusive relationship? Nine tries usually. Something like that. (sighs) Something crazy. So, um, finally, during sentencing, Judge David Paget said the murder had a sadistic element. He added it was prolonged torture involving mental and physical suffering being inflicted before death. He also said that the ordeal the children were subjected to almost passes belief. However, he accepted Bakubi's defense that he had brain damage and had believed that Christy was a witch. He, you know, he's like, okay, I get it. This is what you think. He said the belief in witchcraft, however genuine, cannot excuse an assault to another person, let alone the killing of another human being. Yeah. The judge told the sister, Magalie, he did not accept her denial of belief in witchcraft and that she was forced to attack Christy by Bakubi. 
It is only explicable if you shared Eric Bakupi's beliefs. It provides some explanation for what happened, but it does not excuse it, he told her, adding that at no stage had she said sorry. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So Eric was found guilty and sentenced to a minimum of 30 years in prison, so he could be released in the year 2042. Okay. Magley was found guilty of two counts of actual bodily harm. So over here, that means assault. She was eventually convicted of the murder after the judge said he would take a majority verdict from the jury. So the jury was actually deadlocked. They didn't know how to sway either way. And I think it was like one person was holding out and then the other 11 people were like five here, six, whatever it was. Five, five, six, whatever. I don't know. Math is hard. So... (laughs) He took a majority verdict. It took 26 hours of deliberation just to get the majority verdict, like for them to rediscuss. She was finally sentenced to a minimum of 25 years in prison, meaning she could be out in 2037. Okay. Okay. So the dad, Pierre, said Christy died in unimaginable circumstances at the hands of people who he loved and trusted. People who we all love and trust, loved and trusted. To know that Christie's own sister Magali did nothing to save Christie makes the pain that much worse. We are still unaware of the full extent of the brutality. We cannot bring ourselves to hear it. So as of 2012, this article I read, um, Scotland Yard said it had investigated 83 cases involving abuse resulting from ritualistic or faith-based beliefs in 10 years. 83 cases in 10 years. That's fucking crazy. Um, I don't know what debt <sighs> souped is. It must be deputy superintendent, maybe. I don't know. Terry Sharp said the sentencing reflected the brutality and sadistic cruelty inflicted on Christie in the days leading up to his death. This is a hidden and underreported crime and therefore difficult to deal with in terms of protecting potential victims from harm, which is true, you know? And then the second that you do start investigating, think about it, everybody's going to be like, my religious freedom. Like, this is my religion. You have to back off. Yeah, and that's that's why I... (sighs) I know. This is the reason why people start to kind of do, say bad things about religion. Because it's like, it doesn't matter what you believe, but like, you can't beat somebody to fucking death because you think that they're possessed with something. Like, and it's a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Yeah. They're demons sometimes, but they're not actually demonic. They're not possessed by a demon. They just are assholes. It's fine. We were all there. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So in a remarkable showing of magnanimity, I just like that word, magnanimity. Yeah. um, Pierre said he must forgive his son's killers for the sake of his family. We will never forget, but to put our lives back into sync, we must forgive. And that is yeah. the story of the death of Christy Bamu, 15. That's just, it's hard, but I, I get that. And, like, there's some people who are always, like, how can you forgive? It's, like, well, because you can't. What are you going to do? Like, by not forgiving, you can't hold yeah, on. Like, you're just hurting yourself in the it, end. It doesn't mean that you accept it. It just means that you're, like, I'm ready to move forward. You can forgive. It just Don't forget. <laughs> so, like. Are they like it, it doesn't I, I know that the court systems work differently there, but is it a matter of like they're going to get an, an opportunity to get like paroled early? Is it just that they could the earliest they can get out is from how I understand it, which could be completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like they could be paroled at 30 and 25 years. Like that's when they would be allowed okay. to, like if there was a parole hearing or I don't even know if they call it right. parole over there, but if they do, like, I think that would be, I don't think it's a release date. I think it's a, you're up for parole. You could. You could yeah. potentially leave. But you have to serve this many years to that first. time. Yes. So it's not like it's here where it's like, well, you, that's the minimum, but you could always get out earlier. Yeah. If you are a teaching assistant in the prison and sit there on good behavior and you can get out of a 20 year right. sentence after eight years. Even though you chopped off a poor girl's arms and left her in a valley to die. Oh, please join Patreon because then you can hear all about that story. Yeah. Larry Singleton. What a duck. Yeah. And it's again, just to go to show like 
our system is like, well, you could like this is the minimum served, but like you could get out early for good behavior. There, they're like, you have to serve the minimum. Yeah, and if it's just like over over there, I also across the pond, I think it's your. You're guilty before proven innocent. So you have to prove that you're innocent, prove not that you didn't prove that you know I did it. It it falls on the defendant, not the prosecution. Right. Yeah. Which I again understand, but at the same and I understand why people have an issue with that. But at the same time, when you do something like this, like what do you say? Like, bitch, you guilty. You had it. You had a, a head injury that nobody can nobody can find. Oh yeah, like you Hold have schizophrenia on. that nobody. Time out. <laughs> let's let's touch on that for a hot second. Your mental illness is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. It's your responsibility. You cannot just say, "Oh, I'm schizophrenic, so I can kill people who I think have kendoki." You cannot do that. That is a no. Hard pass. Also, go to therapy. If it's not. If you didn't go to therapy, you don't have, there's no records of it, then what are you, what are you going to say? Like, oh, well, by the way, I have this. Like, since when? Yeah, wh- since, web since like two seconds ago when you got caught? cannot <laughs> give you a diagnosis. I'm sorry. It's guidelines. It's like stop signs. They're just guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, time out. I was reading, I think it was like sovereign citizens or Moorish people, something like that. They think that the stop signs with the white on the outside are just suggestions. Like, you don't actually have to stop for a stop sign if it it's has fine, the white you know. outline. That one's just, uh, you know, hmm, it might be a good idea that. to stop, guys. Thanks. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah, maybe <laughs> like just slow down a little bit. That's hilarious. Like, I like this that. This isn't really a stop sign, even though it says stop and it's shaped like an octagon. It's really a U <laughs> because it has, like, you know, it's the white. Really- it's fine. It's fine. This is cool. Just go. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Well, that's we made it through a whole episode without Riggs barking. I'm impressed. I know. Holy shit. I don't even know where he is. That's great. Okay. Well, I'm excited, too, because we are recording in the process of doing a double feature of the John Bonet Ramsey case for Patreon. So if you are a Patreon subscriber and listener, you're going to get a double dose of that huge Case. Oh my god, we're gonna deep dive and so hard, baby. Deep dive that Patreon. I have to say, whenever we go. do things for Patreon, it's a lot more gory <laughs> and it's, it's very definitely, detailed. And it's a lot more like detail. And John Benny Ramsey can take like there have been podcasts who have done like five episodes. So we're season. like, we're just gonna we're gonna do it on Patreon. We're gonna do the case, we're gonna do all of the the, the possibilities and so definitely sign up for Patreon because that is that's the 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 Christmas time because again it happened during Christmas time too. So oh yeah, it was on Christmas. Christmas. Time. It was the day after Christmas, right? The twenty sixth. Yeah. They found- oh, mm-hmm. poor little she was poor so girl. pretty. I know. Okay, and again, just thank you all so much for listening and supporting. Keep liking our Yay. stuff on Facebook and Instagram. Please check out our website. We have merch and our blog. Make sure you're always checking out the pictures. Send in your creepy, crazy stories because I swear to God, my thing for next year, what is that? My resolution is we will do listener episodes, so I'm waiting for those. Let's go. Um, And I think I said everything else, so thank you so much. We really love you guys. And have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Stay spooky. Yeah! Ah! (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.